Hey, Craig. Let's get into some coffee talk. Hey, I love it. I love doing some coffee talk. Well, you know, talk about what? Dogs, daughters, whatever. It's coffee talk. Coffee talk. Boom! Boom! <laughs> I did a fast one. That was a fast boom. That was a fast boom. Well, welcome, Dave Williams. I mean, uh, do we even need an introduction at this point? Yeah, no, thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Always, uh, always a pleasure. I love it. We, can't, we, we didn't know it might be the third or fourth interview, which is awesome. Um, you always have giant knowledge nuggets dropped all over these episodes. So it's, it's uh, awesome to have you. Cool, cool. Knowledge nugget machine gun. Got my team, team hired mug over here. Oh, Perfect. Look at that. Oh, I like that. I don't have a team hired mug. I want one of those mugs. <laughs> get one shipped out to you guys. <laughs> we'll get one for, for co- coffee talk. Oh, we're going to use it on coffee talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, made up everything, all kinds of swag. Well, when Dave's in the room, you know that there's going to be some hiring talk. And I think that of the four pillars, quite possibly the most important pillar is that hiring. Right? Because if you don't have the right yep. people on the bus, then the bus ain't going to go very far. No, 100%. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and is now the right time to hire? I guess everybody's right. asking. Everybody's, no, you know, some people are freezing. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, honestly, I think this is the best time to hire. I've always found mm-hmm. that there's great opportunity during times of adversity. You know, while people are kind of, you know, you know, freezing up or maybe setting back, that's the time to, I think, really lean into your business. And what we're seeing out there is, you know, believe it or not, I mean, there's no better time to hire. There's no more quality candidates we've ever seen out there than now. So we're seeing a much higher volume of resumes coming in, um, a lot more talent out in the marketplace, because unfortunately, with just today's circumstances, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have lost jobs. And, and I know it's the first tendency for somebody to do during times like this is try to freeze up and go into that, uh, um, you know, scale back mode. But, you know, I think while everybody's doing that, it's now, now's the time to really grow your business mm-hmm. because, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have lost jobs. They're looking for opportunities out there and you can come in there and be that hero that, you know, takes them. Maybe they were at a job for five years and now they're just realizing that their job didn't have the stability and security that they once thought there were. And you can come in with the insurance industry and show them the strength and this great career opportunity of joining, uh, joining your agency and your team. Yeah. But Dave, if our office is closed, how are we going to get, how are we going to get those people in our offices? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question too. Cause I mean, that's how we always did things at team hired is uh, as you guys know, we've done uh, hiring events for you guys. We host the hiring events. We do live interviews, live group interviews, and that kind of took that out of the card. So we quickly had to pivot and uh, we took things virtually, you know, along with our businesses. uh, we, We, we took this virtually and started doing the exact same process but over Zoom, where we're getting you know, 10, 15, 20 candidates all simultaneously on a call. And, and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of aspects of it that I like better. A lot of our clients are you know, giving uh, great feedback that they're liking this process better because now it's real easy for somebody to jump in from anywhere, hop in, log in, do an interview, you know, panel style with everybody, and then also have other members of your organization in where you know, maybe it wasn't in the cards before to have other key decision makers in your, in your company be a part of the interview process. Now they can just log in from their phone. They can be there, jump in and help be a part of this decision-making process with these candidates. And again, you know, I'd say that the uptick in quality candidates uh, has gone up substantially because, 
what we historically saw in the marketplace with the low unemployment rates was, you know, the talent was few and far in between. And when you found that talent, the competition was substantially high uh, with, you know, with a lot of different companies that are competing for those same people that were few and far between. Now, the, you know, the script is flipped. A lot of people are in that, totally. again, that kind of frozen mode where they're not doing any hiring. And there's just a lot of talent out there. It's amazing yeah. how this pendulum flips like that, right? Like it is totally opposite. Now there's all this high caliber talent looking for places and everybody's frozen. Yep. So what better time? It's like you, everybody jumped off the lake and you're the only one there with the best bait. And you just- No, absolutely. And I think <laughs> that, that's human tendency, right? You know, when things like this happen, like it's, it's understandable, like that fear sets in, but you can define fear, you know, a couple different ways, forget everything and run or- face everything and rise. You know? Yes. Face yep. everything and rise. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've been kind of talking about that on the podcast too. Like we're seeing a lot more contact rates when we're calling out to potential clients. We're seeing a lot more activity. I, I'm, I'm shocked by like, I, I honestly feel that there's so much opportunity out there right now. It's ridiculous. And you bring up a, a, a great point on there is so much opportunity with hiring. A lot of times we can't get those high-end, um, I don't know, licensed candidates or unlicensed. But I mean, I, I would almost say licensed now, right? Because a lot of agencies are scaling down rather than scaling up. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're seeing definitely a lot more licensed come through the, come through the pipeline. Um, so there's a much higher mix of that than, than ever before. And, you know, I think another th great thing about this too is it, it's, it kind of forces you, those that really lean in, it forces you outside of your comfort zone to operate differently. So when you think about totally. you know, eventually this too shall pass. And when we're there and those that really lean in and start to operate differently, you know, might completely transform their agency in a totally different dynamic way where, you know, imagine now people get used to operating vertically and that's a whole new channel for their business where now they're maybe having some people in the office, but they also have a total secondary team that's all operating virtually because you know, they got used to that and comfortable with that and, you know, build, build up some muscle around it. Yep. And I mean, even in our, per, like personally, my agency, that is definitely what happened. Like we're never going back to the way it was a hundred percent. Like this That's is definitely molding and we're coming up with new systems huh. that are just completely changing our business model. Yeah. No, I, and I love better, it. It's easier. I mean, it literally has become even easier when at the same time, everybody kind of thought it was freaked out working from home. But I mean, there's ways to, to, to create accountability. I mean, it's almost easier to say, look, you're just not doing it. Yep. You're not, I mean, you're either going to get, make it happen or you're not going to make it happen. And if you're not making it happen, you know, and you get to work from home, then sorry. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, we, we've even seen some improvements in, in, in uh, efficiencies, too, because you, mm -hmm. you think about it, too. You know, how many times happens in the office when you got the same people that are they really know the answer in the back of their head, but they're asking the same questions of the same people. And there's just so much time <laughs> right. brought to, you know, brought to things day to day that shouldn't be. Now, I think everybody's learning to operate a lot more self-sufficiently. And, you know, yeah, that's a huge win, too. And I, anybody that doesn't know what Zoom is, by the way, when Dave was talking about group interviews on Zoom, it's literally what we use for the podcast. So if you go to YouTube, you can see our podcast because I know the attendance there is a little bit lower than <laughs> than the than the uh, iTunes and, and Spotify and stuff. But if you go there, you can see 
the way it works and literally we record it from Zoom. So another huge advantage of this is how many times do we do an interview? You're like, oh, what was that person? They were really good. Well, Zoom records it for you. So you can go back to those catalogs and actually revisit the interview and, you know, maybe because you were doing the interview, you didn't think or you didn't really like pay attention to the way that they were acting on the interview. Now you can review it and really see those candidates. And that's what Michael Jordan did to get so great too. He just constantly watched back the rerun clips to get better and better and better. And I think you need to do the same thing with this because I think it's safe to say that not everybody is interviewing all the time historically. And I think it's a point, one of the things I see that gets in the way of the interview process and just the hiring process in general is that lack of comfort. People, you know, sometimes fear it and they don't want to yeah. really do it. Where, you know, this year you can go back and, you know, watch yourself back, critique, how can I get better mm -hmm. this time? And one of the best things we love about it too is when we scheduled the hiring events in person before, you know, the one thing that we couldn't have was we couldn't be there with you on site. So now one of the things that we actually added in the solution when we bring somebody aboard and we do their first hiring event for them is we'll have actually one of our recruiters present on that call Ooh. that helps facilitate and we'll give a roadmap like, hey, you know, this is how you should kick off the call. This is the introduction. Once you do the introduction, tell them the why behind the group call. Once you explain the why behind the group call, tell your story because no matter who we are, whether it's agency owner hiring manager. I think everybody has powerful stories when they dig deep enough on how this particular career really impacted and transformed their lives. And those are the type of things that, you know, candidates want to hear. So that's what we'll do is try to create that framework and guide people through that interview process to have, you know, a real successful event. And it, that's and we're, awesome. we're seeing the results uptick substantially in terms of hires because we're, we're able to, you know, take a lot more hands-on approach and do a lot more coaching. Has the, has the show rate, it has to have gone up, right? Because they don't have to get in their car, drive over to the office and all that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing a, a higher show rate too in terms of the virtual interviews too, because again, they can just pop in from anywhere. And I think a lot of yeah. people also, they don't have a whole heck of a lot much to do right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really no excuse. Interviewing. You know, I'm not, I'm not working or doing, you know, doing something else. They're all, they're all stuck at home. Yeah. And, and it I shows whether or not, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> It shows whether or not they're technically savvy. Like if they can't figure out how to do Zoom, which is really easy, then maybe they're not suited for like an office with technology. Isn't that the one thing that, I mean, I always overlook that. I always, I always forget to like do the hands-on computer aspect of it before hiring people. Yeah. It's not my strong suit. And then, they come in. you know, Where's yeah, they the come button? in, they're like... <laughs> You know, that's part of the reason we're seeing a higher ratio of, you know, higher caliber candidates on there too, because it is doing some of the weeding out for you, that person that's uncomfortable or Zoom's foreign to that's going to struggle in that, you know, in that LSP role. Um, you know, they're kind of weeding themselves out, you know, right, right from the very beginning there. That's awesome, man. So give us some nuggets. Like what are, what are some, you'd mentioned uh, the framework and, and the way that you guys were doing the um, interviews. Give us some nuggets on what are some tips and tricks in hiring that you guys have learned over this. You guys have been doing this, what, a year and a half now? Yeah, it's been uh, about right around a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, what are some things that those aha moments that maybe you guys had over the last year? Like, oh, I didn't even think about that before doing this. Yeah. So, you know, some of the, the value points that, that we're seeing that's really successful, you know, there's, there's several different things, but, you know, I think some of the important things, like one, when you're on the, when you're on the call with them, 
is bringing them in and really, again, like I talked about before, is you know, telling the story. Because I think what a lot of people you know, forget about sometimes is while the candidate has to sell themselves like to you, if you find that right candidate, especially the higher the caliber the candidate gets, I think the more important this is that you're also selling yourself to them so they see this as a viable opportunity. When I mm. see that not present and you find that time, they might've spent a month going through resume after resume, they finally find that great candidate, they're on the third interview, they make the job offer and then they ghost them and they don't understand why. But more times than not, what we find is, you know, the candidate just didn't see the value in the career opportunity and it's all in the presentation. So, you know, we think it's, you know, really important to, to really speak to that and talk about how it, you know, transform your life personally, whoever's doing the interviewing. And then, you know, another piece that I think is having a very competitive uh, compensation structure, uh, making sure that the compensation structure is at least competitive and it's really simple. Um, because along with being competitive, I think having a really simple uh, comp plan that they can understand, you know, that's another thing we found sometimes people have a competitive compensation structure, but then it's maybe three to four pages long. There's all these complexities <laughs> yeah. to it and you need like a decoder ring to try to figure out how you get paid. And I think- you I know, have some carriers that are like that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like keeping it simple is our biggest recommendation. And then maybe lay, lay out some examples. They're like, hey, if you come yeah. in, and you just meet minimum expectations in my organization, this is what you can expect to make on an annual basis. If you come in and you're a mediocre performer, this is what you can expect to make on an annual basis. And if you come in and you're a rock star, this is what you can make. And then they can see it like, okay, great. If I'm in a worst case scenario, this is what I can expect to make. But if I'm the rock star, which I know I am, this is what I can make here. And then that gives the candidate the, comp the confidence in that you know, compensation plan. Yeah, do and the math for them, right? Absolutely. Don't make them do the math. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a couple other pieces is making sure that that career path is clearly outlined for them. Like, no matter where they're starting, even if you're hiring a telemarketer in your organization, there should be dialogue and there should be a plan on, you know, how you can maybe move up to a licensed sales producer. How then from there you can go to maybe a senior licensed sales producer, then to a supervisor, then maybe do an agency manager. And then maybe three years out, talk about, hey, where, what other company or business could you go to where you could have your name on the door within a few years? And oh, by the mm. way, this is what that would look like financially for you and your family once you do that. Now that opens up like a whole different thing where they might have had a perception about the insurance industry before that was completely different that now you just unlock this total new world of knowledge that gets them really uh, bought in. And then I think- yeah. One of the last pieces is uh, just asking different and creative questions on the call. Because uh, I think, again, you're still going to come across even virtually a lot of those professional interviewers that are out there that, uh, you know, what, what I like to call professional interviews, somebody has been in the job market for an extended period of time, and they've been on so many interviews, they've almost built up a skill behind it. So real easily, that could give somebody maybe that's hiring a lack of confidence, like this guy's or girl is a is a rock star, you bring them in and you find out they, they just talk the talk, but they can't, you know, walk the walk. But when you come across with different and creative questions that they're not necessarily used to, you know, there's two different dynamics that come into place. So there's, you know, they're answering different questions that they got to kind of think on their feet, but now they're interviewing differently than they've ever done before because they have a bunch of strangers around them that, uh, I mean, real easily, you're going to weed out those professional interviewers and then the right candidates that in your gut said, hey, this is a great candidate, they're gonna 
you know, rise to the top and really, really shine during that process. And, you know, a lot of times people will ask, well, you know, what's, what's an example of, you know, a creative or different interview question. You know, what, what I like to do, you know, one of them, one of my favorite is, is, uh, you know, if you had to compare your past or current organization to a professional sports team, what team did you play on and what role did you play on that team to help them win championships? Now, a quick-witted thinker that's maybe going to be great for this role is going to have more along the lines of the right answer and is going to lean right into that. And then somebody that isn't, that's going to probably stumble, fumble, not really know what to say, and you can weed out those individuals because those individuals you're weeding out are probably going to be the same ones that are having difficulty overcoming objections during the sales process or the ones that you have to teach the same thing over and over with. Love it. What are some other creative questions? I know you got an arsenal. <laughs> yeah, some other creative questions. I actually like to ask creative questions to references as well. Um, so, you know, what we like and to you do- You got to call references, right? Yeah, you know, call references Super. after because that speaks volume. So, you know, what I like to do in the group interview process is ask a lot of, you know, general questions like that that anybody could speak to. But then when you get to that one-on-one and you can really dig a lot deeper, start to dig deeper with that individual to try to figure out maybe performance issues or, you know, accomplishments that they had at that organization, take a lot of notes on that and then dig deep with the references. You know, so one of the things we like to ask the references is, you know, if you, if you had to sum up in maybe two to three bullet points, how this person really contributed to your bottom line in your organization, what were those two to three main things that they did that was game changing for your business? Now, when that reference is maybe a little bit hesitant or can't speak to that, you know that they probably didn't, they weren't a real contributor. But if that person comes in with passion, energy, and that reference really starts to validate and you see some consistencies with what the reference says in that person said in the one-on-one interview, then, you know, things are starting to really progress and starting to show you that this is, uh, you know, the right candidate for the role. I like that. Because if you directly ask them, were they good? Like, would you? Yeah. You're going to yeah. get that general. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's almost the same thing with the references. You got to dig deeper to, you know, try to get the answers you want or ask the question in a way where they maybe don't even realize you're asking that question to get the, to get the intel and the data that you're looking for. No, you ever... think about it that, you know, I think that's great during the hiring uh, process too. And it's invaluable. If you're somebody out there that's struggling with hiring you just can't find people or you constantly have people ghosting you take note that there's probably a reason behind that. And a great thing to do is an exit interview with the candidate. So I like to do exit interviews with the candidate. So if they didn't accept the position and you took them all the way to that end and you were confident in them, call them up like, Hey, help me out. I'd like to know what was it that made you pick a different position and not go with us. That data is invaluable. And especially after you stack up, maybe, you know, three, four, five, six, ten people that have all given you that exit interview, you start to see consistencies and how you can change your process and pivot to get a higher level, um, you know, higher level of success. And it's a great thing to do even in your organization if you lose somebody. So if you've, you know, had a key person in there or somebody that maybe is in your organization even just 90 days, do that exit interview to really understand like, Hey, I totally, you know, respect your decision. If it's the point of no return, but you know, tell me what went on, what caused you to leave and what could we have done differently for the next person that comes in the door, you know, to get them to stay with us for three, five, 10 years. And you'll find a lot of great data there too, because I think that 
the second most expensive thing in terms of the hiring process than maybe you know, spinning your wheels and having people reject a job offer is getting somebody to give you a yes. And in their mind, it's a temporary yes to hold them over. And then in 90 days, you make this big investment, time, money, and energy, and then they leave you because there were some things broken in your hiring process or your training and onboarding process that, uh, um, you know, cause you not to retain that person. I love that. That's, that's, it takes a little bit of pushing the ego aside to ask those questions, but gosh, what valuable info. And I would almost say too, those people that it did work out, it's like, what, what grabbed you about this? What made you decide us over somebody else? I mean, all those data points are just fire. Oh, absolutely. Now you're making real-time decisions based not off assumptions, but based off of what's actually going on. And, and we found that these things were so important that what we actually did is we created our own digital hiring course. We just launched. Uh, so we're giving that to all of our customers now as part of the process where they get a 25 video course just specifically on hiring and recruiting that talks about all these things and helps coach them through the process. Because, you know, we found that it wasn't just about just going out there and recruiting and delivering people to them. Um, we're, we're seeing that people needed some real hands-on tools and training behind this. So, you know, we created this virtual course that, uh, that we provide all of our clients as well that tries to help make sure that they have a successful hiring process. That is awesome. I love that. And it's true. I mean, there are so many people that have, like even you guys, like I, I know your office, awesome hiring, like you don't talk negatively about it but you hear a lot of agents that do talk negatively about it. If you talk negatively about it, you're just doing it wrong. And you've, you, you're probably getting a lot of bad results. And instead of realizing, Hey, there's other ways to do it and trying to prove upon it, you're probably just spinning the wheels, doing the same thing, getting the same results. And it's like, we got to, you know, there's ways to make it easier and it's, it's learning. <laughs> it's like, no, absolutely. And we've seen that with a lot of people too, is like, they're, you know, they're, they're hesitant at first, they, you know, first jump into maybe a group interview or especially virtually just because mm -hmm. it's so different. But the common theme and response that we get is once they really embrace it and they do it is I won't hire any other way now. Like, cause it's totally, it, it, it's so much better. It's so much more efficient. It, you know, I would, we've even had multiple people come in and say, you know what, it actually made it fun because we, we do some exercises with the group to get everybody really going and it's more interactive and um, it's a, just a lot better, a lot better experience, I think, overall. So for somebody that has never done a group interview, what are, the, what are some of the benefits? Like how, let's say I've never done one, what would you recommend for me to expect in the way I should act in a group interview? Because it's super intimidating to me. Yeah, so what I tell people is think through the eyes of a candidate um, to, to make sure like everything's 100% buttoned up to perfection as possible. So you know what I mean by that too is like when you're on that interview, dress to impress the same way you expect the candidates to. Because again, the higher the caliber of the individual on there, they're gonna be assessing you while you're assessing them. So it's like you're dressed to impress, you're professional with your team, making sure, especially on Zoom, that you have a good background. Like you probably don't want to have your zoom set up in front of the laundry room because I mean, that's going to make uh, an impression to the candidate. So think about it. through totally. those lines. If you were a candidate walking in the insurance industry for the first time going on an interview and you're looking at things that maybe you're not looking at through that lens, what would perfection look like that would sell you as an individual to get you to get you to that initial yes and want to jump on board. And 
you know, I think, I think that that's one of the, you know, that's really one of the important things and just, you know, planning, planning ahead and being very intentional throughout the whole process. So again, we recommend, you know, having it in steps and stages and then just, you know, reading off to the candidates when you get in there, Hey, this is how this is going to flow. This is how this is going to work throughout the call. This is going to be the length of the call, giving them everything to expect, telling them that story, the background, giving them the education on the insurance industry as a whole uh, to, to, to really make sure they, that the candidate knows what they're uh, knows what they're getting into. Love it. Love well, it. And, and, and I think there's also a balance between sell, 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 make them excited about it. You also have to manage some expectations and, and have them understand that this is a really, really difficult job, right? Yep. The, the, the role of the producer in an insurance space is not easy. So I think yep. there's the hook them and then make a real. Yeah, no, absolutely. Think that you're just going to make a bunch of money and, and not have to do anything. That's also not the situation, right? No, hundred percent. You want to have definitely that fine line there and, you know, make, make sure that they clearly understand, you know, the position, uh, the yeah. position. Getting into the sure. worst sales job in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, there's great, there's great benefits and rewards to doing it, you know, yeah, so no, if 100%. You can handle, you know, being successful 10% of the time or, 15% of the time, whatever the, whatever that number is and taking leads and grinding and, you know, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you are successful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's important too, is like, you know, asking them a lot about, uh, you know, their goals, what are their goals, not just career wise, but what are their goals personally? Cause I think you, you speak to them at level, a, a lot of, uh, a lot of agencies or businesses out there, I think truly deep down, they run and operate like families. And I think it's important to articulate that, that it's, it's not just important where I want you to come in and be a producer and just hit a number, but it's like, I want to help you hit your, per, all your personal goals you want to reach, whether that's buying, you know, owning an agency one day, owning a business one day, whether that's getting a new car, getting a new home, sending your kid to college and tying those two together. So it's like, okay, great. You know, I want to provide a better life for my kids. I want to get a new house. I want to get a car. What does that look like and translate into at a level of performance working here and how you're going to help them get to that level to make all those dreams and ambitions true. And that's how we operate in there and really talk about your culture. So, you know, that's another thing that I, I recommend looking at because culture will, you know, either send away that right candidate or they will cause them to flock to you. Mm -hmm. So making sure that first and foremost, you have the right culture in place. And if you don't, you know, map out like what would a perfect work environment look like? Again, if you were that candidate walking in the door from day one, what would your best first day look like? What would the perfect first week look like? Perfect 30 days, perfect 60 days, 90 days plan. So you're giving them all the tools, training and support that they need and the right culture that they can come in and thrive in. Because I think what a lot of people forget about sometimes too, is the percentage of, of an individual's life that they're spending in the workplace. And what they're thinking about is, you know, can I spend eight hours of every day of my life, every weekday of my life in this place? So walk through again with the lens in your business. Have you created an environment that's almost not like working where they almost want to come and it feels like they're taking a break coming into that work family in that fun, energetic environment where everybody is working together to win? Love it. What would you tell someone that, um, maybe is on the fence. I don't know if this is a good time to hire because I'm not necessarily in the office and I can't train them in person. 
I mean, where would, where, where would you kind of guide someone in that, that has that thought process? Almost the same way. You got to look at that, you know, flip the script. I think it's, there's no better time because I think it's safe to say that training is one of the big things that lack for a lot of, you know, employees or new hires out there. And that's the sheer reason why they fail. So now's the time to slow it down and actually really take the time to dive in and train with that individual in there. So, you know, I hear things all the time. How do I train them? How do I get them set up? How do I get them licensed with all the testing centers closed? Well, you know, a lot of it can be done virtually now. So you get somebody first and foremost to get them licensed, you know, put them on uh, exam effects and then create a study plan for them. So, you know, what we tell people, hey, most people pass their license exam in 10 days. We're going to give you 14. So there's no excuse not to do it. And day one, you're going to study this, do this many practice quiz and have a whole regimen that's planned out where they report out to somebody. And, you know, by the time that they get that done, you know, one would hope the testing centers are not. A lot of states are now are allowing and making exceptions, I think, to do it virtually. And if we're we're stuck in this place for a little while longer, I think more states are going to do that. Uh, But then, you know, while they're waiting idle, it's a great time, I think, to pair them up with one of the best people in your organization. You know, I always found iron sharpens iron. So there's no better thing to do than put somebody with the best person in your organization to study them and mentor with that individual. And a great thing about doing it virtually too is now you could just share the screen, pop somebody in and they could watch, watch, listen to everything that's going on and not just listening to a call, but they're seeing literally every move that they're making on the screen to learn from uh, the best of the best during time. So I think Mm -hmm. there's, tons of opportunity there to really get that person you know trained up the right way so when the door is open they're you know they're really ready to go and you know what who knows maybe your operation looks different by that point maybe you're mm-hmm. operating 50 percent in the office and you know 50 percent uh virtually anyways and if you can build up this muscle now why we have to um it's a great expansion point for your business to then even brought in the umbrella maybe you can hire somebody in a totally different state if you're in a challenging market right now and you've got the you've really got the, the whole virtual thing down and you test yeah. out bringing somebody in from another state because there's so much talent in one state and not in your local area. And you can have a, a blend of uh, a blend in your business. Yeah. We have time on our hands now and the opportunity to develop a system that may be the way that, that things are run moving forward. You know, I mean, it's just, it's huge. So we've gotten pretty good at it. I know Jason's gotten good at it and certainly you're, you're, you've gotten good at it. Um, how can people go and find out more about Team Hired, uh, sign up, do all that kind of stuff? Is there an idea? Yeah, really easily. Um, you know, they can, anybody can always, I'll leave my cell phone open. Even if somebody's not looking to necessarily invest right away in hiring services, you know, we do make it so it's incredibly affordable. But, you know, somebody can call my cell phone anytime, 585-317-1168. You know, our direct Crazy. line in the Team Hired is... Blow them up. You're crazy. Well, you know, Blow them up, everybody. Yeah, I'm happy to help. Even, even again, if you're not ready to be a paying customer, I, I just love, you know, helping. So I'm, I'm happy to help in any way, shape, or form. Um, you can visit our website, too, teamhired.com. Um, it'll have lots of testimonials of, you know, people who have more, a lot of success. We've probably got about 40 agents um, that have given us testimonials that we've gotten phenomenal results for uh, across the country including people that have experienced the, the whole virtual interview process. And, you know, we can even arrange if you wanted to like jump in on one of our uh, virtual interviews. I mean, we've got plenty of customers that are open to that too, that would, wouldn't mind a, 
an extra helping hand to jump into that process and you can kind of get your dip your toe in the water to see see how things actually work but you know love the love, love I'll the volunteer talk. to go live when we do mine okay if you want dude if you're so if you're listening to this and yeah. you've ever had trouble hiring and you've always wanted help and you don't do anything after this episode you don't want to learn like dave's literally giving you a ton of resources to do this so just realize that you actually don't want to learn so just say that <laughs> say that out loud to yourself right now i don't right want now. to learn <laughs> because it is it's the thing that everybody complains about but if right you know it, it's something that you must do like there is yeah. if you're going to own a business regardless of whether it's an insurance business or marketing but whatever it is you must be looking for people constantly absolutely otherwise okay. you just have a dying business Oh. And, and I was actually—I just had a in my mastermind. I had an opportunity to talk with uh, Andy Frisella. Uh He came on one of our calls to talk to, him. and he's uh, anybody follows him online. He's known as the MF CEO. Um, he's a real big guy, built multi-multi-million-dollar companies, and you know, yeah. I had a chance to ask him what's the most important thing to him when it comes to hiring and building a team. And you know, the biggest thing that he said was, you know, he always, no matter what will hire on character over talent all day long. He's looking for people that have the right character and he will not compromise on that. And he's really got, his culture is so defined in his organization. It's like unshakable. He's got set expectations. They're high expectations that he expects for his team members and how they deliver for their customers. And he will not deviate from that. Somebody that can't live those expectations is out. He hires specifically to the character of the individual that they feel can really embrace that company culture over anything. And their philosophy is everything else can be taught. If you got the right person with the right character that can live your core values and work together with your team, you know, the really the rest of it can be taught. And one of the best ways that, again, that he trained his individuals is, and he would have a, he always does a mentorship process in his, uh, in his, in his business. So when that person comes in, he has a philosophy, every important position in his organization that he's always got a second player, even if he doesn't need it, because you never know when you're going to lose that key person, any reason that comes up out of the blue. And if you're caught in this reactive state, trying to fill a role, especially an important role, if you think about that from the point you lose the person, you got to find the replacement that could be three months out. You got to train that person that could be three, six months out. Yeah. But while you have that talent, don't take, for granted that you have that talent in your organization now and pair somebody up and overstaff, have them with it, figure out a way to get that person to pay for themselves and have that talent teach other talent now. So if you have to promote that person or you do happen to lose somebody, you already have the backup in the wings. And you know, those are a couple key fundamentals that resonated with me that he really operated by that allowed his organization to, to thrive. That is awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's some, that's some nugget nuggets right there. Dave, so anybody that doesn't know Dave, I mean, you got to hear the first interview. I think it was the first one uh, when it went, he goes over his backstory. It's so inspiring, so cool. Dave, City. yes. So go back, listen to that, then come back here and listen to this. Dave, I, I want to ask you, how do you stay so motivated, man? Like, A, you're always happy. You're always willing to help people. You are always have a ton of energy. Like, where does this come from? What do you do to get that? And how do you stay so positive in the environment that we're in today? 
You know, I would say, uh, you know, the answer to that's not maybe an easy one. It's, it's, you know, a lot of, it's really like a lot of different things, you know, first and foremost, I think you got to really align your passion with what you do. So work doesn't necessarily, you know, feel like work and, you know, have, have big goals, like have big goals and tie your, you know, tie your, like your why to them and connect them to where you want to be business wise. And, you know, I've always been a big believer too. The more people you go out and help and support, um, and, and you focus on helping other people without anything even necessarily in return from that, like the return will come. I mean, th those that, those that give, 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 you know, that it, 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 it eventually comes, you know, for full, uh, you know, full circle. And, you know, that, that's, that's a big thing that drives, I'd say my passion is being able to, to, you know, to help other people and see somebody that started from this point. And then in some way, shape or form, I had to, you know, I was blessed to be able to touch them in some capacity and, you know, now they're here. And, you know, I'd say that's, that's a big thing that drives me too. And even with our team members too, just seeing them. And, that, and that's why I talk about, you know, really understanding your people's personal goals. Cause I love seeing somebody that we've had plenty of people that came in our organization and maybe started flipping burgers at a fast food restaurant. And then they came in and they became an agency owner or, you know, they came in and then they're buying their first house. They're buying a car they never thought that they're going to do. And they're providing this life for their family to be able to sit back and, and watch the evolution of that and impact lives in that way. You know, that really, you know, that really, I'd say drives and, and motivates me. And, you know, I'd say another thing is just, you know, knowledge, always learning, um, just always trying to get better, sharpen your sword, because I think the second that we get complacent, we're not trying to improve and, and get to that next level you know, things start to become uninteresting and things start to, you know, maybe get boring and you fall into this valley of despair that I like it. So it's like always trying to be at that peak of the mountain. And when you, you feel like you're starting to dip into that valley, do something differently, take it to the next level, start, you know, if you, if you start to realize you're in a room where you're, you're the smartest one in the room, you know, get into a different room, get into a different yeah. circle and run level up where people can, you know, push you forward where you're not in an environment where people are maybe pulling you down. Love it. Thank you so much, Dave. That was, uh, yeah, thank you. Super awesome. And get ready. Your phone's going to ring. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so All right, much. Man. We'll see you for number five. All right. Sounds good guys. Right. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Take care. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle coming soon where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.